Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Be The Frequency podcast. I'm your host, Shalane Carter, and this podcast is the perfect convergence of all things health, wealth, quantum physics, and spirituality. I help bring you practical tools to be able to understand and utilize the subtle energy realms to work for you to create the most abundant life. I have been everything from a single mom living off food stamps, being a makeup artist and feeling so lost, to building a six-figure business, attracting the love of my life, traveling the world and feeling incredibly aligned with my purpose here on earth. With my background in healing and being on the road to getting my PhD in integrative medicine myself, along with many other incredible guests are going to share with you how to actually change your habits and shift your frequency so you can begin to live the life that you know you were meant to. Are you ready to take the quantum leap? Let's do this. Welcome back everyone to the Be The Frequency podcast. I am so honestly more honored, but also very thrilled. Um, My dear friend Raquel Cohen is here to be able to speak to you a little bit and have a conversation about plants. And I know I have so many friends that I'm like, guys, let me show you my leaf that just unfurled. And all of you guys on Instagram are equally as excited. So you're going to love this conversation with her. Raquel, thank you so much for, for being here. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I love being here and I feel honored to be in your energy today. So thank you. I like we we actually met several a couple of years ago and we've done a podcast already together. So um she is the infinite succulent on Instagram. So you may if you've already listened to that episode that this may kind of sound familiar to you or um you're like, oh I feel like I've heard some her name before. That's probably where it's at. Um and we really talked about she cultivates a really deep relationship she helps people develop deep relationships but through the awareness of like connection with plants and the earth um and she has a new book coming out um so we're going to talk a little bit about that today because when we first met you had actually talked about wanting now that i'm i kind of went back and listened to it a little bit you had talked about you kind of had this book that you were thinking about doing and stuff like that so guys this is literally like in the like birth like birth process of finally being able to like be presented to you and this this uh book everyday plant magic is going to be available next month so i i mean if everyday plant magic doesn't sound just like a dream of i feel like all of my audience i don't don't, they're like yes where where can i get this so tell tell (laughs) us a little bit about like again i mean we've kind of we're like just breaching just kind of like that inkling was there that download of like this book is coming to now like tell us a little bit about kind of what that's like and a little bit about how that journey has been for you yeah great question and yes I mean this was like manifestation and action right wow. you know the idea of the book I was starting to write the book proposal at our last conversation and now here is the actual book about to be birthed into the world whoa yeah time is such a weird mind trap sometimes yeah I know <laughs> So for me, my background is in environmental education with a specialty in marine biodiversity and conservation. And I spent 10 years working at zoos and aquariums, writing curriculum, teaching, 
And my big thing was really connecting people with nature, especially through the use of like charismatic animals. I was the wild animal specialist and animal trainer for a few years as well. And while I always was very appreciative of the plants and noticed them, the plants weren't really my thing. Like I couldn't keep plants alive. I killed them when I brought them home. So and you're they were saying kind there's of, hope for everybody. Oh my gosh, <laughs> totally. It's the same thing I tell people about intuition. I believe every single one of us can become green thumbs and plant people, just like I believe every single one of us are intuitive and can grow our intuitive abilities. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the same for both. So for me, I took a break from my work as an environmental educator. When I had my first daughter, I was doing a little bit of consulting after that. Then I had my second daughter. And during that time when I was kind of pregnant, I started being really interested in bringing plants into my home and surprise, surprise, I actually didn't kill them. So <laughs> that was kind of cool that like, as I was going from kind of maiden, yeah, from maiden to mother, I just kind of got this urge to like bring plants in and kind of this knowing that Plants are part of what really makes us feel at home and mm. feel the most comfortable, the most safe, which kind of goes back to biophilia, which we can talk a little bit more about in a moment. But for me, once it was about almost a year after the birth of my second daughter, and I just noticed that my anxiety was getting worse and worse. I had suffered from anxiety earlier when I was getting my master's, even through the work I was doing. Often my anxiety was spurred on by environmental destruction, mm -hmm. by climate change, by pollution, by the kind of existential crisis that some of us kind of see in this moment in time. And with my very young daughters, I just found myself losing myself, my sense of security, my sense of even the blessing that was my life. I just spiraled down into really anxious places and I couldn't sleep. And I was just in a place where I was like, I need help. It's time for some help here, you know? So I found a therapist. And at that point I did get on some um, anti-anxiety medica medications, but my therapist was an energy worker on the side. And so she saw in me how much energy was stuck in my third eye chakra and in my sacral chakra in particular. And so she recommended this beautiful book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, mm. which is basically a book about breaking through your own creative blocks. Mm. And I started doing morning pages. And then all of a sudden I felt this compulsion to start making little pieces of art with clip succulents and jars and vases I found around my house and just things I could find around going for walks and around my yard. And the most magical thing happened for me because when I would make these pieces of art, my brain went completely quiet and I was in my body. I was in the present moment. I was in a creative flow. I found flow again, which I hadn't felt in a long time. And it was like slowly waking me back up to myself, not to my duties as a mother, not to my fears as a human and on earth at this time, but like just me, who I am, what is my energetic essence that came back to me through my relationship with working with plants. So I got really curious about it and started like looking more into, okay, how do plants impact humans on kind of a biological and physiological way? I started doing workshops for other people so teaching other people how to make art with succulents, succulent ground pumpkins, terrariums, all kinds of fun things. And I noticed, first of all, there would be a moment in every workshop 
where everything just went quiet. And everyone was so involved in what they were making. And I knew in that moment we were in flow. We just, everyone had kind of, because the first little bit, everyone's a little like overthinking it, judging themselves. Is this good? Is this not good? But then Mm -hmm. they get to this moment where they're just in the creative state and they're not overthinking. They're not judging. They're just making creative. And I noticed that. And then I also noticed the conversations that would come up in these workshops, which tended to be deep and like talking about our worries, talking about our hopes, talking about our fears. It was just like the plants would open us up to talk about what was really happening inside and a deeper down into our roots as opposed to just on the surface level. Mm-hmm. So I got really curious. And then I found some crystals at a thrift store that had holes drilled into them. And of course I was like, I can plant a succulent in that. <laughs> so I took them home and I planted the succulent in them and I just felt something like I felt something in my hands when I was working with the crystals I noticed that I could feel the energy of the plants more so I started working more with crystals I started studying the metaphysical properties of crystals I got trained as a crystal energy worker then I started noticing that I was feeling so much more from the plants and I mean it's just like I just kind of kept following the plants guidance Mm -hmm. and It was interesting because when we were talking in our last one, I had already had this idea for a book that was going to be talking about how plants benefit humans on the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual levels. So kind of a holistic approach to how plants affect us and impact us. And I really wanted to tell my own story of what I experienced, but also I was diving into the research and I was so amazed by the research out there that proves that what I had experienced has scientific backing to Mm -hmm. it, right? And as I was kind of getting this book proposal out, I I dealt with a lot of rejection um, with this book proposal in particular. My original publishing house really liked the idea and it felt like it was gonna be a go and I was getting all ready and even starting to write. And then they brought it to the marketing team and the marketing team was like, yeah, no, we don't know how to sell this book. Plus your first book didn't sell as well as we wanted it to. So ciao kind of thing, you know? (laughs) And I had a little bit of a, you know, dark moment of the soul with that where I had to kind of put the project away for a few months. But what was cool about it is that that rejection actually brought me to a place where I started cultivating my own intuitive gifts. I started taking some courses from that place of like, oh, my heart feels broken and Mm -hmm. I feel a little soul crushed and I felt like this was my next step and now I don't know. I started actually investing in myself and investing in these gifts that I kind of had little clues to, but Mm -hmm. didn't really know what I was going to kind of dig into. So I started investing in some kind of spiritual development programs. And as I continued throughout 2020, I continued to work on this book proposal through the pandemic, through the lockdowns. I was working specifically on this book proposal. I found a great agent and we were sending it to lots of different places. I was getting so much rejection. <laughs> so you're much. Like, here again. Okay, great. But again, it's like at that point, you're like, I've developed a lot of resilience of understanding yep. like my value does not come yep. from somebody else saying that they like it or not. Like yep. so many other yep. people will. Yep. And then this one publishing house got the book proposal and they're like, you know, this is really fascinating. And we think this is really timely, especially because 
you know, early pandemic, everyone was like, give me all the plants, 100%. right? Like, just bring, give me all the plants, bring them to my house. I'm never leaving my house. Anyway, so. Yeah, their root chakras were real messed up. Yeah, our root chakras were real messed up. Our heart chakras uh-huh. were also, and I believe that every single plant impacts us first and foremost in the heart chakra. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I, this one publishing house was like, we're really interested in this, but you know, this kind of feels like an encyclopedia. What if you were just to focus on the spiritual benefits of working with plants? And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like that's how I live. That's my life. I would love to rewrite the book proposal for you just on that. And I got so excited and I worked with my agent and my writing coach and I had this beautiful proposal that was like poetically aligned or I mean, it felt like it was just like, this was going to be it, right? Like this for sure is it. And my editor loved it and they brought it to the marketing team <laughs> and they were like, we don't like, know how to sell this book. <laughs> like, you need some and, plants. Let me help you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know a plant for that. I got a plant for opening up your mind. Let's yeah. do this. <laughs> so I gave myself three days to kind of like be the victim, right? Just to like be in my field. I'm a cancer sun, cancer rising. So sometimes I just got to let feels flow you know so I gave myself like three days to kind of just like be in my feels with it and cry and be like universe I don't know what's happening like this felt aligned just I surrender kind of moment and then I got an email from the publishing house that was like okay the marketing team was like what if we took this concept and what if we switched it so it had this focus on the magic of plants like how do people position plants in their home now that they have them how can they work with the magical energy of these plants and I was like oh okay so you kind of want to plant magic book okay I like that idea but I had to kind of sit with it because it felt a little bit like they were asking almost for like a spell book Mm. per se and while I believe I I kind of identify as I self-identify as a green witch I certainly not put myself out or try and advertise myself as like working all these spells and that's just not the way I I come across the way I work with plant magic right so I sat with this for a few days and I just was like okay how do I actually define magic so I was like okay well I define magic as this this spark of divine that can be found in everything that's what I believe magic is, is like that kind of divine life force energy that's in everything. And the act of creating magic is the intentional movement and manipulation of those energies. And when I defined it in that way for myself, I was like, wait a second, that's exactly how I use plants. I use plants for energy transformation for myself, for my clients, for our home. Like that's exactly what I do. And then I was like, the light bulb went off and I was like, oh, I can totally write this book. In fact, figured it out. in fact, the universe knew better than me. As I was writing this book, I was like, whoa, as I'm going into the you know magical plant profiles, I'm talking about some of the medicine of the plants. I'm talking about some of the ecology of the plants. I'm talking about all the stuff I was envisioning already but in a way that's so much more aligned to how I live. Mm -hmm. Plus in the period of time from getting all this rejection to actually getting the book deal, I had taken enough courses and developed and cultivated my own skill enough that I could actually sit in meditation with each plant I was writing about and ask that plant to share its wisdom for humanity at this time. 
because I unlocked the hills. Yeah. I unlocked my gifts as a medium in the period of rejection that had happened. So in the book, in the acknowledgement section, I actually thank all the rejection because I needed all of that to get me to the point where I could be the person who wrote this book. If I had gotten that book at first, it would have been a book solely from my head and not from Mm -hmm. intuition, not from my heart, not from even a, like, I actually feel some of what's in this book isn't from me at all. It's from the plants. It's from earth, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm just the channel through which it came through. So I learned how to become that channel. And I didn't know that before. That is so interesting because while you were talking and kind of as you transitioned into talking about it being magic, I was like, that what an interesting and I feel like a lot of evolution of when you um, see people that heal themselves from things that they've they've been told that they'll have their whole life um, and and kind of what you call like spontaneous healing or um, things where like your life changes, you hit rock bottom and then you like you kind of came from this place of very science, like, you know what I mean? Very much like the more like, I don't want to say Western because I, I don't mean that in that way, but very focused on kind of the scientific element. Yeah. And I think academic. That- I was coming at it from a very academic standpoint. Yes, like I felt like I had to prove everything I said yes. with like proof. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the thing is the hard part about that viewpoint is that you do miss that there is so much subtlety that cannot ever be truly quantified, especially when we talk about the discovery of quantum physics and truly how like biophotons and, and subatomic particles behave. It is very unpredictable. And they're so in knowing that, that you can't predict these things, like that is the magic, like right there. So this like transformation that you're talking about of like going through this rejection is having to see like beyond that beyond the academia and the like just at face value to really get into the depths of the, I don't want to say, well, yeah, like the soul of the plant or the essence of the plant. And I think, I mean, this is so many different modalities kind of do this where it's like, you have to go beyond. I I feel like right away, I think of um, homeopathy going beyond what is just the molecular benefit of this, you know, this particular compound this molecular compound to really the essence of it you get rid of almost completely in homeopathy the actual molecule but it still has all the benefits and I feel like this type of thing is the same way where it's going beyond just the leaves and the 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 roots and the bark and all of these things that have benefits to like really how does even just the essence of that plant in your room awareness like how does that affect you even if you don't touch it if you don't, you know, none of those things. Yes. So what you're talking about to me, I like to define these as like active plant medicine versus passive plant medicine. Mm, Yes. So the active plant medicine is when we're actually consuming, ingesting parts of the plant. So whether that's our diet, right? Like plants are the basis of our food chain, regardless of what we eat, it starts with plants, you know? So our diet, yes. Uh plant medicine, whether we're looking at psychedelics or even plant medicine, like teas and tinctures yeah. and, and they um, use different parts of like, you know, extracting certain molecules right. from plants to then create pharmaceuticals even. Right. You know, you know, homeopathy, flower remedies, essential oils are yeah. all really good examples of active plant medicine where we're actively extracting parts of the plant to ingest in some way. 
Then we have the passive plant medicine, or I just I define it as such, um, which is basically how plants impact us physically, biologically, emotionally, spiritually, energetically, oh. just through their presence alone. And I think a really good example of that is forest bathing. Are you familiar oh. with forest bathing? Yes. Again, yes. with the That's chills, like the quintessential. this is why like full body chills. I was just actually in a, an, a training talking about the different frequency, like the ocean is, um, I think 10 megahertz or 10, yeah, 10 Hertz and forced, uh, trees and things like that are 7.8, which actually puts us very close to like this theta, which is this creative, like our brainwaves actually change you guys. Like yes. this is what like Raquel is talking about is like, you know, going from like the science to like, no, this is real. Like, it's not just like, again, like the, the yin or the, what'd you call it? Passive, like the yang being the more active and the yin, like we need both of these kinds of energies yes. to be able to truly you're, you're utilizing the benefits of this, whether you know it or not. And forest bathing is a prime yeah. example. Yeah. And so for those who maybe aren't aware, forest bathing is basically a, a science in places like Korea and Japan. They really study. I mean, there's so much research out of Korea and Japan, particularly around forest bathing. But basically what they're finding is that they just create beautiful wooded areas for people to be in, to mm -hmm. meander through. You don't have to run. You don't have to do yoga. You can just sit. You can just walk. You just need to be in the forested places for a couple of hours. And it has huge impacts on our mental health and our physical health. It reduces stress levels, cortisol, it slows down the heart rate. Um, it also, one of the coolest findings has to do with um, what they believe is in terms of cancer prevention. Mm -hmm. So they find that if you're in an area of the forest for at least three hours or something, the natural killer cells, which are special white blood cells, mm -hmm. they increase the amount of them and they also increase their kind of their vibration like yeah. not only are there more of them but they become more active and what's cool about it is that it's not just when you're in the forest like if you spend a day in the forest the increase in those natural killer cells can last for like three days afterwards yeah. and if you spend a whole weekend in the forest camping or whatever you can have that increased white blood cell kind of reaction in your body yeah. for like up to a week yeah the, the basically your your all of your rhythms start to entrain with the forest and so it's like the longer that you're there or the more often that you're there and you can even and it's a good practice to even just imagine being there yes the first things I do with almost all of my clients is we actually do like an awareness like we bring them ground them to again just in your mind imagine your feet on the grass, imagine yourself in a forest, look at like, because it does affect your biology. Yes. And as a result, then all of your hormones change your brainwave frequencies, your cells start to respond to the nature around you. Yes. And so this actually goes back to the concept of biophilia. Have you heard of biophilia yeah, before? Yeah. 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 So for those who maybe have not heard of it, biophilia is a hypothesis. Well, well, the biophilia hypothesis was presented by a Harvard researcher, uh, Dr. E.O. Wilson. He's a biologist. And basically what he was saying is that humans, because we evolved in nature, our bodies, our cells, our DNA, everything evolved in nature, we have an innate biological genetic predisposition to love other species. Mm -hmm. 
So bio is life, philia is love. So it's basically saying as humans, we have in our DNA to love life and not just humans. Love, that's why, why we, we have pets. pets. You know? like, yes. It's why we love pets. Why we, love we love to animals. go to like zoos or we love to watch yeah. nature documentaries. Like yes. it's not just because we find other ways of how life evolves together and how they work together. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we find like comfort in like, oh, they also comfort their children or how they live differently, which I find so wild because as humans, we, we often place a lot of judgment like we wear a lot of judgment lenses about the way that people are living but we're fascinated by animals i think it's more of a fascination and a curiosity but we're not quite sure how to like meander around our beliefs and other humans and our communication is like we're working on it you know so it's like i think i think our fascination comes from a deep remembrance from mm -hmm. inside of us that we are not separate from nature that regardless of how separate we might currently feel because of the way society is currently set up we actually know internally we're not separate because we are nature yeah. how could we separate from that which we are you know yeah. um and with biophilia it's more than just we love other plants and we love animals through our genetics it's that our bodies function better in natural spaces and surrounded by nature yes. because that's where we evolved. And if that's true, then the opposite of that is also true, which yeah. is that when we're not surrounding ourselves with nature, when we're not connecting in with these other species, our body does not function as well. Yes. And I think that's kind of where we're at well, as a species. <laughs> well, and, and look at, I mean, how do we live most of our lives inside of our four concrete Oh, I almost knocked my water over. So passionate about this. My arms go when you think I was Italian. Um, like, you know, in our, our homes that keep us very secluded from the outdoors, our work that often keeps us very secluded from the outdoors. Um, and it's interesting because we love, like when we go outside and I don't, I mean, I don't know if this feels true for you, but I very much program, like I go outside and just sit outside for 10 minutes into my day because of that, like needing sunlight needing air needing to just look at plants yeah. um, you don't necessarily have to go on this long walk and find this great path yeah. it's about like being actually much more in tune and it helps not only you feel grounded which I think is what a lot of you know working with plants is known for um, but actually more attuned to that frequency of love because yes. we're seeing it around us and when we separate ourselves we sequester ourselves out of love I think we have I've talked about this a lot. I actually think we have like this epidemic of like closed heart chakras. Yeah. And yeah. Plants Agreed. and being outside and not communing with nature. I think how some people think that you have to be like, you know, yes. in the in the woods in your tents or like, you know, nothing like that. But it truly is like experiencing that more often. So your your rhythm and your your body that feels natural in that space gets more it's like doses of medicine for our soul for our our frequencies yeah i i love what you just shared and i think another thing when you mentioned like just going outside just to just sit for a few moments to open up to the sun and to breathe and i think another part of it is to remember how worthy we are mm. how deserving we are just in our beingness you know when i started studying energy work one of the first concepts that came in and kind of blew my mind especially with suffering from ecophobia, 
was this sense that the greatest energy that is the dominant flow of energy to us all and earth at all times is prana, is wellness, is life force energy. And the plants are constantly consuming that, whether they're consuming prana from the earth or they're consuming prana from the sun and, you know, from the molecules of water in the air, whatever it is, the plants are showing to us how in stillness, how worthy we are to receive and to create and to just be. Yeah. And then we get to grow, like, they don't apologize for receiving all of those things. No. And they don't apologize they don't apologize for getting ugly sometimes too and dropping all their shit also. Sorry, am I allowed to no, here? No, no, no. It's okay. It's explicit. My plants, one night in meditation, I remember so clearly my plants saying to me, look at us. We are not perfect and we do not strive to be. Why do you? Look for the growth. Look for the growth. Oh, I love that. Like, yeah. Like I heard them so clearly that night. Um, because I don't have perfect plants. My plants have some <laughs> Mine either, <crispy> edges, <laughs> right? Like they got, some, there's some yellow leaves, there's some crispy edges, but all of my plants are always growing. Yeah. And when we go out into nature, no, the plants are never perfect. Perfect mm-hmm. doesn't really exist. You know, I had to redefine perfect the other way as like, what if we define, we redefine perfect as accepting everything for what it actually is right now like we could redefine perfect as that because the the way we've created the sense of perfect it doesn't it doesn't exist we're chasing a ghost in some ways yeah you know I I often call it the hungry ghost right it's always you know like in Casper I think it's like Casper 2 or something like that like the uncle ghost and there's the one that's like always eating. Oh, and it just goes right through him. Like <laughs> yeah. that's what it's like. You're constantly feeding something that yeah. it does nothing for. And it literally right. drops out the end. No digestion, no assimilation, right. no nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've all felt that feeling of not being able to satiate ourselves. Yeah. Right. Like that. I need more. I don't even know what I need more of. I just need more. Right? Well, you like, think more will make you like you'll feel, feel better. better. Once feel you enough. You'll finally feel enough. Yeah. Right. And, um, uh, yeah. So I, I think that the plants are so so there for us. And again, this goes back to the heart chakra and acceptance. That yeah. that beautiful place of just acceptance and sacred neutrality. I think sometimes when people think of heart chakra, they think of love right but the truth the truth is is that the heart chakra is unconditional love for everything yeah and true energy of unconditional love for everything is neutrality mm-hmm. not apathy apathy has that that energy of disgusto like yeah yeah like there's yeah neutrality Neutrality is acceptance and the ability to see the love that's underneath the surface of all the things, right? Even the bad thing. Yeah. And you're not really swayed either way. You're not, you you know, dislike something and you don't overly obsess over something. It's just like, enjoy. It's like when the, I feel like it's like when you see a good sunrise or a sunset, like it's going away regardless. And you kind of like, you do notice, like you'll stand there and be like, I just want to enjoy it exactly as it is. That to me is the energy of the heart chakra. It's yeah. beautiful as it is, but you're not like, oh, come back. And you're not like, yeah. oh my gosh, wait, like, I love you so much. You know what I mean? You're just like, 
<gasps> freeze this moment. Nothing can change. Yeah, yeah. And you take a picture and it does not look the same. Like that's why I love, you know, you take a picture of the moon when it's full and it's beautiful and you're like, this looks great. It looks like stupid on your <laughs> <laughs> Like this is not, this is not I love the moon. I love that she's so hard to photograph, to be honest. No, I love sneaky it. little devil. Like, like I'm like, she knows what's up. Like, that's the thing is, I was like, you guys, it's very much on purpose. Like, you have to, you cannot, but that also is something to teach us that plants, just like the moon and nature really teaches you how to be present. Yes. Like, and that's a prime example of trying to take a picture of something and thinking that it will be the same in the photograph and you'll have that same feeling and you don't. I look at it and I'm like, don't feel the same as when I see it out here big and beautiful. Because on my phone, again, it looks weird. Yeah. You know, but. Well, I love, I love that you brought up um, like nature itself and the magic of nature, because my book, Everyday Plant Magic, there are 45 magical plant profiles in here, but the whole front of the book, the introduction of the book is really about connecting people with the magic of nature. So I start off, you know, just defining magic the way I kind of defined it with you and talking about plant magic. But then I go into the sun, the moon, the moon cycles, the directions, the elements, how to make an altar, the seasons. And because I'm an energy worker and because the magic I work has to do with our chakras and the energy, I have a whole section in here on the chakras. So uh, this is a plant magic book girl, that talks about the chakras. <laughs> yeah, I have a whole section on the chakras and I even have a little like interactive that helps you identify what chakra feels in balance, out of balance, and ways to use nature to come back to balance. Yeah. And you guys, she is so like, we kind of talked about this before we hit record, but she's so in tune with this stuff, her book launch. So you can already get the book on pre-sale on Amazon or on her website, correct? Yeah. Um, she said website is easier than Amazon. So um, her website is infinitesucculent.com. Same as, as you can find her on Instagram at infinitesucculent. And on there, her launch is literally on a new moon, the new moon in Scorpio. And it's an eclipse. So like, (laughs) how perfect. And again, goes to show you, like, sometimes when you don't really try to, again, like, plan and really try and make everything just right. And it's got to go just so And you really are like, you know what, this feels right. This will kind of work. A lot of times when you are in flow, you'll notice you do start to sync up with the moon or you do start to, like, this is why women ovulate together. Like nature really does like to be in cycles and kind of flow together. So I would love if, um, so A, she's got a few things that if you're interested in, in succulents, her infinite succulent book um, is available. You, She has a couple other, um, was it Houseplants for Health? She's another little ebook. So if you're really wanting to get into plants, like Raquel has some, some resources for you until this um, everyday plant magic comes out. But could you tell us like, um, what would be, especially I have a lot of, I have a lot of women um, who listen to the podcast and a lot of mothers, but also mothers who juggle a very busy home or a very busy life, or also some are building businesses. So it, it kind of how we talked about earlier, kind of the more yin passive and the more active yang energy that that plants give you. Could you maybe give us a few recommendations or, or some reference that your book would really help for us um, being able to balance or be able to shift between the two or, or just some, some insight into, to how to utilize those best for that um, arena of your life. 
Yes, I would love to. And also shout out to all those amazing working moms out there. I've got two kids myself and I just, I think that we make the world go round. So um, <laughs> just shout out right there. <laughs> so one of the things I talk about with the plants and the plant profiles is I talk about, do they have more of the yin kind of receptive feminine energy? Do they have more of that kind of yang active masculine energy. And when I say feminine and masculine, I don't mean gender. Um, I don't mean like male or female. I mean the energy themselves. All people have both yin and yang energies. We all have masculine and feminine energies, and we're all trying to balance those to feel the most aligned. The plants are very similar. Most of them have both, but some are higher in some than others. So great example. I'm going to bring one down because I have it right here. Um, this is a plant that most people will recognize. Oh, yeah, I got one of those. Right, or a Sansevieria. So, Shalane, you're really good with energy. Looking at this plant, and for those who are not watching, who are just listening, I'm just going to describe this plant has beautiful leaves. It's a snake plant, and they come straight upwards. Would you consider this plant to feel more active energy or more passive energy to you or receptive energy? More active, because they're also very sturdy. Like, the leaves yeah. are very sturdy. Yeah. And they're so, known for being like a plant that is hard to kill. So yes. like, are, I always think of like masculine energy, like very foundational. It's like the earth versus feminine is more like the atmosphere that changes more often. Oh, I never thought of it that way. I like that. I'm going to have to sit on that and like bring that in. I like that. Um, so when I describe snake plants to people energetically, I often say it looks and feels like an exclamation point. Yes. Right? It's like life. Woo! Let's do it. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. so they have very active energy. These are great to position in your workspace, in a workout, like in an actual gym or workout studio in your studio, not as great by the side of your bed, because it might make it a little bit more difficult for you to sleep. But these are great also to position by your entryways or by any doors. Into your home. Yes. Because not only do they have this very active energy? They also have very protective energy. And mm -hmm. they do this great thing of kind of repelling negative energies while also keeping in your desired vibe. Mm. And in the book, I actually have a ritual. I actually do have a spell for these plants in particular so that when you place them, you can actually say a spell to kind of increase them as that kind of energetic guard for you. So if you're putting it by your front door, you can say a spell that kind of increases it's you kind of kind of like you work with a crystal and you mm -hmm. you infuse the crystal with your intention. You can do the same thing with your plant. So you ask the plant to be your little like knight at your door, right? Uh -huh. With a little sword. They even look like swords. The, they the, do. the leaves even look like swords. It's got this little sword protecting you. And you door. know what? Like my dog has very much tried to like take those down with her tail a time or two. And those <laughs> those bad boys are strong. So they are so strong. And you know, I some people consider them related more to another very active plant, the dragon tree or Dracaena. Um, I, when I first learned about Sansevieria, they were considered succulents still because mm. they hold on to so much moisture in their leaf and because you can completely cut them away from their roots and they'll still, you know, propagate and such. Yeah. But I'm not always as good with like the, the way that we're classifying plants these days scientifically. So don't quote me on that. But they are extremely resilient, very easygoing. For people who are starting off with plants and or people who feel like they have a, a brown thumb or kill every plant, start with the Sansevieria for your yang plant and for your yin receptive plant, start with a pothos. Oh, 
<laughs> <laughs> yes, Lane's got one. Mine is over to the side over there, kind of out of view. Um, but pathos are fantastic for more receptive yin energy. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at them, they drape. Yeah. They, but what's cool is they're adaptable. If you gave them a pole, they could climb the pole. But otherwise, they'll drape. Their leaves are often shaped like a heart, mm -hmm. which kind of opens up your heart a little bit more. Pathos are also amazing for integrating your shadow and your light. Because pathos are native to jungle areas where they often grow up trees. They're in the understory, in mm -hmm. the dappled sunlight. And they kind of dance with the sun and the shadow. They don't like full, full sun. They'll get burnt but they need some. So they'll in the, like, if you've ever been to Hawaii, in, oh, yeah. in the jungles of Hawaii, the pathos are massive. Like yeah, the leaves are huge. so big. And, but you can just see how beautifully they dance their way through the jungle and they harness both the shadowy spaces and the light spaces. So if you're doing some shadow work, if you're really coming to a place where you're trying to love and accept all parts of yourself, pathos is a really really great plant to work with oh I love that that's those are two are so great and I think um so many people are very familiar with them they're like oh I could use it for that or even just the awareness of like how you utilize them in your room I, I was almost kind of thinking it's like you're kind of combining <coughs> excuse me combining like plant energy but also a little bit of feng shui like when you understand it's more of like a yang energy like where you kind of don't want those things um, versus where you do want them. Like, how can we increase if it's by your bed or it's by those things? And maybe you have a hard time sleeping or you're kind of hard on yourself. Maybe you're going through a kind of a time, like you had mentioned in your life where you were really kind of feeling a lot of doubt in your abilities or kind of questioning your self-worth and things like that. Like pothos would be great. And like, when you start to understand that it's the, the thing about energy is again, it's small and it's subtle. It doesn't like, it's not a big, uh -huh, you know, it's very much like soothing you. It's kind of like a balm, right? Yeah. And, and I uh, actually, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Well, I, I love what you were sharing there because I actually think that working with plants and the subtlety that is the communication we have with plants and the way they communicate with us, it actually helps us cultivate our intuition. Mm -hmm. That's certainly what happened for me. The yeah. more I started working with plants, the more and more I was able to cultivate my intuitive gifts. And yes, I, I also worked with a teacher who helped me like, really get in there, but it was first through the plants' guidance. Yeah. It was first through hearing their whispers, hearing their love, hearing their messages to me that like made me even realize, wait, there's more. There's more to life. Like not every thought I'm thinking is my own. A, like that's huge. Yeah. When you have that realization because it kind of liberates you a little bit um and then you're kind of like okay well if not every thought I'm thinking is my own where are they coming from and how can I also kind of I don't want to use the word control but like differentiate like what yeah, is what are yeah. stories that I'm telling myself and what truly is like almost just this drop-in of a reception what's sometimes called a download yeah and how can I also use these receptive perceptive yes. gifts I have to benefit my life and hopefully other people's lives as opposed to keep me in a kind of confused, overwhelmed space, which can definitely happen when we're not yeah. able to discern all the different, you know, things coming in. Well, and even just to kind of circle back to what we were 
talking about earlier of, of people in the pandemic, like there all of a sudden there was this um, boom of plants mm-hmm. being bought. And you guys, I, I had, I did actually, I think a whole episode on this of like how, what was going on in basically the like world level of chakras during that time. But mm-hmm. part of the reason people are attracted to the plants and that is your intuition of yes. being guided to buy more plants. You guys, this is that's yeah. like, intuition is not like, Hey girl, so you should go get a plant. It's like walking by and you're like, Oh, I like that plant. Yeah. You bring that home. And you start yeah. to realize this would be, this would be good here. Like your brain, your brain, I'm using air quotes, your brain kind of starts to make those correlations. It's not your brain. It's your subconscious that's picking up on the energy of this plant that is feeling called to you. Why do you think everybody bought plants? There was no advertising for plants during that time. Nobody was trying to sell a plant. People were buying them though, because intuitively they knew it's going to help me with my heart chakra. I'm feeling, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling like I don't want to close myself off to the world. I am feeling closed off from the world because of what's going on. I don't feel grounded because the future feels uncertain. I am doubting my intuition because what I thought was this, you know, so it's like all these levels and we know, we just try to think that we know better. (laughs) Like our, our ego tries to be like, is that really, you're like, no, this is what that is. And these working with plants really helps you to attune to that because you're already picking up on it. You're already doing it. And that's one of the things that I think it's so important talking about everyday plant magic too, is to recognize that these plants are already working your magic, their magic on you, whether you know it or not, right? Like that, that thing where you're like working really hard on something and you just take a moment looking away from your screen, look out your window and you look at that tree and you're like, oh, I can breathe again. That is the aura of that tree, even out your window, even across the street. That is the aura of that tree connecting with your energy and helping you to release the stress and open to receive again. Like these plants are already working magic on us without our consciousness. The fact, the fact that they create our air. I mean, that's magical people. Not only that they create our air, but, but that their air feeds us, their breath feeds us and our breath feeds them. Yeah. We need each other. We need each other. Yes. It's just, it's like the most simple thing, yet we need to be reminded of it because we forget in our, this day-to-day life that has caused us to put illusion as more real than the actual reality we're living in. Yeah. Well, it's almost like you forget kind of, uh, like a, 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 a nod to your, your, um, title is like, you forget the magic of it. Like you've forgotten the magic because you're so used to just breathing in air and you take it for granted. But truly, if there were no more trees, I love the, if you've ever watched the Lorax where there's no more, there's no more trees, right? And all of a sudden when the tree comes back, there's like this magic of the plant and of the tree and really what it does for us. And it's like, we don't have to pay for air. And it's like, you understand, like you're so provided for by plants. Well, you know, what's even crazy about that is we can think about areas now where there are no trees, you know, yeah. because of like, even, for example, I lived in Israel for a year when I was young, when I was 18. And when you think about Israel, you think a little bit of the like, Middle East, more desert climate, but it used to be really, really forested. And there are parts of Israel that still are. But when the Romans came in, they leveled a mm-hmm. lot of forests and used the wood for all kinds of things. And it never grew back and it became kind of more desert desertified that 
that's the word desertification like and that's part of what's happening in africa too you know related to climate change too we're seeing these shifts um but it's just amazing for me in particular especially since i studied ecology like you know sometimes you have these like big t truths in your life like for me a big t truth is that you know human health is tied to planet health like that's just a big t truth yet we don't talk about it like it's not talked about in the wellness community. It's not talked in the medical community. We barely touch upon it in the environmental community. And it's like, why aren't we talking about this stuff? It's kind of like when we talk about healing, knowing you can't heal in isolation, but yeah. we're talking about healing. And yet we're not talking about the biggest part, which is that our health is tied to the health of the planet. Like how can we really talk about healing without talking about the air quality, the water quality, the soil quality of the world we live on? So I don't know. I think yeah. I think our love for plants over these last few years and even our love for crystals, this love we have and this desire we have to bring more nature into our home is all uh, reclamation and reawakening of the tr- that big T truth inside of us, which again knows we cannot separate ourselves from this living planet. We are her children. We live upon her. Our health and her health are totally connected. And if we're going to talk about healing, we have to talk about it in the context of also healing the planet. So in my book, in the very end section, I end with a whole section called Keeping Earth in Mind, which is just ways that you can very, very easily um, and not ways that promote guilt <laughs> or shame or blame, but just ways that you can easily create you know, habits and actions in your life that show respect and love and camaraderie with Earth as well. Well, and you're, I think you've done such a good job and you're such a thoughtful person in general. If you, if you, again, if you do not follow Raquel um, at Infinite Succulent, like when she, she teaches in such a way that is so mindful and so um, thought out. I don't think when people think thought out, you think planning. I actually think you're very intuitively conscious of what is, and this book is just a testament to that, what is actually needed and how can it ripple more, more than just, again, like what plants you put in your, your office versus your bedroom? This is looking at life. Like how do you create magic using plants? How do you create magic in your life through utilizing plants from, again, from a, a more gross, larger scale of, you know, being aware of the moon cycles and, and different things like that to also you know, I, my first thought is when you um, said, you know, it's desert, um, um, what, when the world, desertification, I was like, hold on, the word's coming to me. Uh, <laughs> it's a hard one to say. <laughs> yeah. But you know, when you plant trees, there's, there's actually a lot of information out there, basically certain areas of urban cities in particular, where there are a lot of trees at several degrees cooler because of the trees. And so it's really looking at the grandest of levels and our earth that is warming. Uh, Even one degree makes a huge difference if we planted more trees. Yes. Yes. That would help to cool the planet. And so like understanding like the, it goes beyond just using plants in a home. It goes beyond just getting outside. It goes, you know, and, and I love that you were so conscientious of how do how does somebody really see the magic and the essence of plants and utilize them to 
all levels? How can, you know, it hit on a global level and on a personal level? Yes. And in fact, I think my, my, my greatest hope is that when people read this book and experience this book, they connect with their magic mm. to know that the most magical thing of all is the essence inside of you. And I believe that plants are one of the most easily accessible tools to help us remember that magic inside of us. I think sometimes, especially when we're in kind of a seeking place, we can give our magic and our power away really easily. And I think, I mean, I've even had moments in my own expansion journey, which I'm still in, by the way, <laughs> where I'm like, I need, I need all these crystals. I need to wear all these bracelets because I didn't trust my own ability to deal with my emotions, right? Like mm-hmm. I need all the things and I still do love crystals. I have them all over me, but it's not with the, right now it's more intentional. It's not from a place of like, not desperate, but almost like, hopefully this will work, right? Yeah. Like it's coming from a place of, it's a different I know, kind of band-aid. Right. I know, for example, I love Labradorite. I know that Labradorite helps me connect in with my throat, with my third eye. So it helps me connect in with just allowing words to flow through me from spirit. So when I'm going to be doing a conversation like this, I'm wearing my Labradorite Mm. because it's just a tool. It's not the magic. It's a tool that helps me connect in with this magic inside of me that wants to be expressed. So I think one of the things that I really hope people gain from this is to know that these plants, the crystals, cause I have a lot of crystals in here too, working with the moon, working with the sun, working with the elements and directions, all of that is a way for you to reclaim and own and know how powerfully magic you are. And this is a way to make it physical. And so I include rituals. Um, some of them are like guided meditations. Some of them are actual energy practices. One of the first rituals I share, I call activating your magic. And this is a um, ritual to open up the root chakra and take an energy from earth, open up the crown chakra, take an energy from the cosmos, and then flood it into your solar plexus Mm. so that you feel that beautiful spark and ignition in the solar plexus and that beautiful kind of fizzy uh, feeling of that chakra feeling so full. And like when you feel that, that's when you're magically activated to even clear like you don't even need to use selenite when you've got that feeling you can clear your crystals you can clear your altar you can clear the room right so that's the first ritual i share because kind of the first thing before you do anything else is to activate that magic and then i also share rituals like i could um this one's just almost done right here like this is a, a manifestation spell jar that uses different kinds of dried herbs and botanicals i use some honey there's some crystals in there and then a candle on top too this is an amazing magical way to use plants and it's a really fun way this i love using this for manifestation in particular because it's a way for you to take your desires infuse all of that into your materials do something active action taking action action matters we and i think we often like to take action i think sometimes when our brain is trying to control the uncontrollable it's because we want to take some form of action and don't really know what that's where magic comes in (laughs) harness that desire into a magical ritual light your candle and with the candle you release your expectation you release when it's coming to you, when you release the desire to control oh, I need and you this. let magic take its course. And um, just so you know, that ritual right there, that manifestation spell jar 
is how I got an amazing job creating crystal succulents for Ariana Grande last year while I was writing this book. <laughs> That's the thing, you guys. She is like, okay, and I can't share really anything about this, but that little ritual that she's created has really opened up some incredible doors for her. Um, so that shit works when people are like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, listen, you and you do it with the intention. You set it and you forget it. And all of this is in her book. So she has, especially for different ones. And, and you may not be at your life kind of at that crossroads of where you're wanting to attract, you know, opportunities for a job. Maybe you're very happy in your job, but maybe you're wanting to work on your relationships or maybe you're wanting to, you know, attract something else. Maybe you're struggling with health. Like there is something in that book for everyone to really tap into the essence of, of again, who you are, but utilizing plants as this mirror and this tool for you to be able to feel through that, um, to activate it within yourself. So I am so, I'm so excited. I like, I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to go pre-order it right now. Now. Um, so you guys, infinite succulent.com is where you can get your pre-order. Um, it does launch officially on October 25th. Um, so if you're, or you're like, I'd rather just wait until launch day. I, why would you do that? But, you know, whatever tickles your fancy. Um, and you can always check out, again, if you're more of like, I want more information about succulents, things like that. She has a book for that. So Ra- Raquel is just like this incredible wealth of knowledge when it comes not just to plants, but really, again, when we talk about the energy, the essence, and being able to go beyond just having a plant for aesthetic purposes or again like using it just for the active more yang properties she's really teaching you and tapping you into the the yin so again thank you raquel so much for just sharing all your wisdom and your knowledge um Derni, i i feel like i always ask if you could if you are in an elevator and someone's in there with you and you have about three seconds, right? It's just one level. So maybe it's a little longer than three seconds, but what would you give somebody if you were like the secret to to happiness and longevity and vitality? What, what would that be for you? Open up again, open to receive. It's all there, it's all around you. You just gotta open to it. And wow. I think that's what nature and plants help us do. Yes, way to tie that up with a pretty bow. <laughs> Thank you so much, Raquel. You can find her on Instagram at Infinite Succulent. Head over to her website. We've mentioned several times, infinitesucculent.com. And guys, go pre-order her book. For all you plant mamas and daddies out there, you're going to need this one. So thank you you so much for having me. This was such a joy. I love our conversations. We always go deep. So it's amazing. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Cheers. Bye. Bye.